my name is Becky, and um, I'm a pothead, and um, I'm in recovery. Now I'm getting emotional. Oh, my gosh. I was kind of nervous today, and I had to remind myself that y'all are a bunch of potheads. And uh, so we all just need to relax, and I'm just going to share my experience, my strength, and my hope for recovery. Um, I'm almost 60 years old, and I started smoking pot when I was 14. Um, I lived in a little town, southeastern Idaho, and um, I didn't fit in. I was a square peg trying to fit into a round hole we call life. And um, I have ADD, and I was always behind. We moved a lot. And so the first time I smoked pot, man, it was magical. I was bigger than life. I was smart. I was popular. Not really, but, you know, I'd like to think so. And uh, I had something in common with my pothead brothers, and um, that was cool. So um, way back then, I even smoked hash, and that was, that was a trip. Some of you probably don't even know what that is. We took a chunk of it and lit it on a knife with a match or a lighter. And boy, I think I got high for three hours. Um, those early days were a kick until they weren't. Um, at first, you know, I just, I smoked every once in a while. Um, it wasn't a daily thing. But um, we, in 76, a flood um, ruined my dad's business and moved us on to Boise, Idaho, the big city, wow, where I could find a lot more weed. And um, I ended up meeting my husband. Uh, we've been married now 38 years and there. And um, when I met him, I gave up smoking pot because he was uh, not into that. But boy, before that, I remember one time I sat down with my girlfriends and I got into this Dolly Parton. Again, I'm aging myself. I've already told you how old, how old I am. And I couldn't get out. So, you know, everybody laughed. We were having a great time. Oh, how things changed. So back to with my, uh, my high school sweetheart at that time, um, I did stop smoking, but, you know, we talk about cross addiction, and um, there were other things that I could do, and I did do. And the minute we broke up a year later, I was right back at it. I mean, it, it was so bad to where, you know, I thought if I get high out, you know, I was with the parking lot crew then, and, and I was cool with them. So I would get high at lunch and go back in, and I couldn't even freaking hold a pen. I'd try and write, and there was nothing. And um, I cheated my way through high school. I did get a diploma. I did walk. Um, I did drop out a drill team because drill team, they call it dance now, Drill team interfered with my pot smoking, and I couldn't remember the routines. You know, I'd show up high. I made an amends, like, I don't know how many years later, when I was new in recovery, to my high school drill team coach. 
and she knew she knew why I dropped out, and she was so gracious. She accepted my amends, and, and it was awesome. So um, anyway, so those early days were fun, and um, then, let's see, I got married to another, I got married to a guy, um, and he didn't like pot, so I stopped smoking, and that lasted eight months, and then I divorced him. And then by then, I got back with my first husband, or my first, my high school sweetheart, excuse me, and my first love, and uh, by then he smoked. And so, hey, it was cool. So we ended up getting married, and um, I, uh, three years later, we had our first child, and I smoked through my pregnancy. And um, I smoked through my second pregnancy, and that second pregnancy when I first, right before I found out I was pregnant, I knew I was probably pregnant, so I went to the bars, and I'm like, I'm going to have some fun. And at five months, I lost that child. Um, she was going to be a Helen Keller baby is what I was told because of how much she was twisting in my um, uterus. And the tech told me, I said, do you think that it had anything to do with smoking pot? And he goes, oh, I'm sure it did. And so, you know, all oh, the condemnation that I heaped on myself. So I went through that, and I immediately got pregnant again. Do you think that I stopped? Oh, hell no. No, no, no. I smoked through my – I cut back a little. But by then, my smoking had increased. I was hook, line, and sinker, totally addicted, um, morning, noon, and night. So um, – uh, uh, by then, people are starting to, to grow up and not smoke as much and, or not smoke at all. But, you know, this hippie, what I called myself, never grew up. Um, I ended up working downtown Boise, and they used to have drive throughs out there where they were little buildings. And I loved that job because I could get high and do my job at the same time. I'd just go in and get my cash box and go out and, you know, do a couple drug deals through the drive-through, you know, because nobody was around. Oh, my goodness, did this thing have a hold on me. Um, oh, my goodness. Morning, noon, and night. Um, we ended up, when Don and I first got married, we ended up uh, moving up to Moscow, Idaho, where he finished college, and uh, I partied with people that I worked with. Well, we moved to Pocatello, Idaho. I still smoked. That's when I had my babies. And then we moved up to Lewiston, and I tried to transfer through the bank. Well, the manager at that time was an, somebody I used to work with up in Moscow, and she point blank told me, if you're still smoking pot, I'm not going to hire you. And I'm like, uh, okay, got to go. Do you think I stopped smoking? Oh, hell no. I got a job with Blue Shield. And um, though I didn't show up for work high, it was still every night as soon as I got off work. And, um, it, you know, I remember distinctly that if people really, thinking this thought, if people really knew me, they wouldn't like me. So I still had that, you know, I was less than feeling. 
Um, we lived there 11 years and then we, uh, nine years, and then we, at that point, I was begging my higher power to, I believed in God, I was begging him to help me quit all drugs and alcohol. And um, we moved to where I am now, um, Oregon, and ended up going to a church meeting, and this is part of my story. Um, I was in a prayer group, and I got set free from it all, everything. And I didn't know what had happened to me. So I put down the drugs and the alcohol, and I picked up what most people call religion. And I became a Bible thumper. So that was my new drug. And I had a priest tell me, you're just changing from one drug to the other, or one addiction to the other. And um, I didn't seek recovery. I didn't know about recovery. All I knew is I was set free. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Um, that lasted until it didn't. So because that's why recovery is so important. You, you can't do it alone. You know, we weren't created to be alone and to do this alone. We were, were relationship people. We need each other. So um, I was working out with, well, my son said to me, Mom, would you get high with me just one time? I promise I won't let you become like you used to be. I promise. Right. Okay. Okay, son. I'm going to do it. I always wanted my mom to get high with me, so I'm going to go ahead and do this. So all it took was that one hit. 20 minutes later, I asked for another. After that, I was asking for more. Then I was taking his weed. Then I finally broke down and bought myself a pipe and a bong, and oh, my goodness. Um, but before that, I, uh, my son went to college, and he, um, instead of education, he finally graduated, but he discovered hookah. And so hookah was legal. It was, it was nothing bad. And so I got, myself, he, I got myself this huge hookah pipe. And, and I'm telling you, don't come up and ask for a turn because it's my hookah and I'm going to smoke it. And I, I became addicted. I mean, I can become addicted to anything. Um, so I say that because later on I'll tell you what I did with my hookah pipe. So... Um, uh, let's see. So my son, I got high, I got back into it, and it was worse than it was when I left off. And they say that about our addiction. You know, our, our addiction is out in the parking lot doing push-ups and sit-ups, and it was. So I um, would get high, and I would go to the gym, and uh, I got myself a personal trainer. My weight has gone up, down, all around, and... You know, I, I really wanted a tummy tuck, so I was going to get a personal trainer and get this going on. So I went in, and the first thing I said to him when I was interviewing him, I go, you don't have a problem that I get high before my workouts, right? And he's like, no, ma'am, whatever gets you to the gym. And I'm like, okay, cool. So let's get this going because I got things to do. I need to get this tummy taken care of. And didn't have the tummy tuck because I got in shape. Anyways, 
little while into our sessions, he looked at me, and I was very open about my drinking, and I would make him punish me on the on on a workout, like on a, a rower, if I drank too much on the weekend or smoked too much. And um, he said, do you ever think about going to a recovery? And I didn't know anything about MA. Um, he suggested AA. I go, yeah, I tried that once when I was in beauty school. And, you know, it's just a bunch of whiners. So I said, but I'll, I'll call, I'll call. And I did. And... Um, I didn't smoke that night and went to the meeting the next night and I took my 24-hour chip. And I have not looked back and that was six years ago. Um, I, about a week into, I, I met my future sponsor at that first meeting and a week later I was at a different meeting and she said, let me introduce you to somebody. Here's this gal, and she's a pothead, and you guys got a lot in common. And so I met this gal, and oh, my gosh, we hit it off. Because, you know, pot, that was, that was my thing. I could, I could quit everything else, but the pot, that was my drug of choice. And, gosh, I think it was my first month, she took me to um, a na- national MA conference where I saw lawyers and teachers and people like me everywhere, all walks of life at this place. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, all you guys are potheads? And I found out I could dance that night without being high. I laughed. Oh, my gosh, it was, it was great. And I took, you know, a lot of chips that night. I think my one week, two week, one month. Um, made sure that I caught up on all of that. So um, I got into steps in AA and uh, got my sponsor and got into steps. And um, my life started to change. Um, at first, it was hard. Um, I, I, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's a simple program, but it does take work. Um, a gal that the same gal that I met um, that night, my first pothead friend, she ended up taking me to an MA meeting that I am today very involved in, and it was just so cool to sit around in a circle, you know, listening to everybody else's pot stories, you know, and we could laugh, and yeah, I remember that that you know, so. Um, this friend, um, we did the steps together. With, uh, I did the steps with her, and I told her, I said, you know, I've gotten rid of everything. I've gotten rid of my pipes. I've gotten rid of everything. And then I, I opened the cupboard, and I go, I have this hookah pipe, and it was in this really cool metal box, you know, it looked like a little briefcase. And she goes, you need to get rid of that. And I'm like, oh, but it's hookah. I mean, I smoked pot in it maybe a few times. It was really a great high, too, anyways. Um, so we took that hookah pipe. I was obedient, which I have been with this whole program from the beginning. I took that, we took that hookah pipe, and we took it out to the trash can, threw it in the trash can, and it bounced. 
it was thick glass and we're like, okay, well, it's not going to break. So we got some of my husband's weight and we started chucking it at it. And finally the glass broke. So that was the end of my paraphernalia. That was, we had a good chuckle over that. So, um, um, I, I just cannot talk enough about recovery. Um, you know, I used to go to the golf course. I golf now. I've been golfing. I just met with my um, golf coach uh, yesterday to take another lesson. And I started with him six years ago, and I let him know that I was new in recovery. And um, I said, yeah, Mike, I've been, I've been working with you for six years, and I've been sober for six years. Every time I get a, a chip, you know, I show him. And um, the cool part is now I can golf. I, can, I care about what I'm doing. I, I care. I'm getting better. I remember what he's teaching me now where at the beginning I didn't remember anything. It's just great. Um, I remember when I was new in recovery, um, I went into a meeting. I, I always put myself out there. I'm trying really hard to push myself. You know, I, this program changes us if we allow it. So I didn't like being around people. You know, I would hide in my bathroom and I would smoke. And, you know, I didn't do it out with people a lot, especially when you're, you know, in your 50s. Um, so I was in a, um, a, a meeting and there's all these women. And all of a sudden, I had a panic attack. You know, I'm not, I don't like to be around a lot of people. But I pushed myself and tried to be, I mean, I got yelled at the first day I went out and golfed with these people, you know, and then because I hit somebody else's ball or, you know, I um, talked too loud on the golf course, you know, I'm just learning all of this and I'm very emotional and then I go to lunch with these ladies and I tell them I'm in recovery and one of the ladies says, you shouldn't talk about personal things when we're here at the the golf course and I'm like what which was that was on her bad on her anyways I love talking about recovery I will talk about my recovery to anybody if it can help the next suffering addict I will talk about my recovery um, oh my gosh I remember the first time that I went up camping and I wasn't high I didn't have to go swimming on my 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 little life Thingy, my floaty device around the corner with my pipe underneath my pat or my hat and smoke a bowl. I could just be in the moment with everybody else. I didn't have to go up to the bathrooms up on the hill, you know, and they all thought I had bowel problems because I was always in the bathroom. But what I was doing, as you all know, is I was getting high. Um, some, one gal was a nurse, and she, when I finally came out, um, told her I was in recovery. She said, oh, I knew. And I'm like, what? You know, you, you smell it. It stays in your lungs. Of course, we don't think we smell like pot when we're smoking it. But, yes, we do. Um, I remember one time I'm looking, I'm standing in my kitchen and I'm looking at a dent 
you know, I'm such a perfectionist. I thought, I, I need to get this recovery, and I need to get it down. I need to get it right. And um, it, it, it's progress, not perfection. So um, I, we were having a gathering, and people were going to come over, and I knew my son was going to be getting high, um, and people were going to be drinking, and it, it just caused me too much anxiety. And this was a couple years into sobriety. And I finally, I slapped my hand on the counter, and I took off my readers, and I threw them out the cupboard. I'm so great I'm in recovery. Right. And I said, I can't take this anymore. No more. And I drew a hard line in the sand. And it wasn't until recently, oh, good, I've got nine minutes. I'm looking at my clock, and I'm like, oh, I'm almost late, or I'm almost up on time. Nine minutes. So um, I needed that. I needed that. Nobody drinks, nobody smokes while I'm over here. I finally had to have that hard conversation with my son. But when I go over to their house, at first it was hard to smell it. And because my son, you know, it's all out. Um, My other son's in-laws, I used to get high with them. My husband was, um, I was one month clean And my husband was going to Lewiston for a fishing trip, and he just left today and on the same fishing trip. And uh, he was in a a horrific accident, and two people died. It wasn't his fault. The fireman was texting and ran into my husband, and by the grace of God, my husband survived. And um, when I got the phone call, I'm one month sober. What are you going to do? I mean, I wanted, I was in the house where there's pot, I was, there was alcohol, and um, I went to a meeting. I went to a meeting and I talked about it. And um, y'all helped me through that awful time. I get very nervous. He's, he's over there, he's safe, he let me know that he made it um, past the accident site and, and he's safe. Um, I, I, I just, I don't know what I would do without recovery. I have my memory back. I have energy. Oh my gosh, has anybody heard of Marie Kondo? I am into organizing. Now this is stuff that I would blow a bowl and go, wow, I should organize my cupboards. Well, guess what? I'm finally doing it. I mean, yeah, it's six years, but you know, COVID, I'm home. Um, I'm organizing. You should see my drawers. It's, it's so fun. And that's, that's sobriety. I'm a better wife. Oh, my gosh, the first meeting my husband ever came to, he, said, he spoke and he said, my wife is finally balanced. She's, in the, she's going down the middle of the road. My husband always said, you know, middle of the road, Becky, middle of the road, not way to the left, not way to the right, because, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I get something in my mind and I'm just, well, here we go, and then I don't finish it. So I'm a better wife. I'm a better grandma. I've got more patience now. You know, I can deal with issues. I help other people in recovery. Um, I'm so glad that I got clean before pot became legal and before it became this hybrid thing because, wow, kudos to you that 
are getting clean with all this new weed out. It's scary, though. You know, if you read our literature and, and, and understand how many chemicals are in the weed today, it blows your mind. It's not, I, I won't say what we used to call weed that was very seedy back in the day, um, but that's what I smoked back in the day, and then it got better, and um, nothing like it is now. So, you know, all the first, you know, the first Christmas where I'm not running up and down the stairs, sitting on my bathroom floor getting high, and, you know, it only lasts for 20 minutes. So that's no fun. Um, shoot. Oh, I've got this book in front of me. It's called Superfoods, Health Style, Proven Strategies for Lifelong Health. My, one of my sponsees gave it to me. She's had it in her house for 11 years. My daughter-in-law was looking at it. She was over one day, and she brought it to my attention. Of course, I haven't cracked the book. She goes, did you know that this was in it? I open up page 193, blueberries. There's a pot leaf. Pretty, nice, dry pot leaf. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I started laughing hysterically. Of course, back in the day, I would have ground it up and tried to smoke it. Would have got a headache, but oh, well. Today, I can say that when I saw this, and I'm looking at it right now, I can finally throw it away. I was saving it for tonight. It has no power over me. Marijuana holds no power over me. My higher power, I am closer, not a Bible thumper, but I love my Lord. I love my Lord, and I love helping his people. I love recovery. I love life. Even when it's shitty, I love it. I love the people in recovery more than you'll ever know. Every time I hear a newcomer come in, Man, I get higher than a kite. Not high on pop, but high on life, high on, on, on listening and knowing that maybe I can say something that can change them, that can help them. Or if they're having a rough day, maybe, maybe if I give them my phone number, they can call me and say, hey, Beck, you know, I'm, I'm struggling today. What do you think? You know, well, let's talk. I remember, and I'll close with this, I was in um, Mexico. I was going to take my one-year chip over there. And um, every, my, our friends had lost their son to suicide. He was almost 18. And um, they got off the plane, and they, of course, tequila started flying, and... and and they, well, we can drive around with, with beer. So they have the taxi driver get beer. And here I am one year, one year clean and sober. And um, they sat down for dinner. And um, the drinks are flying. And uh, I was able to step away because I started craving, you know. I was able to step away and to ask my higher power to remove this desire to partake, and he did. And then the next year, or, or was it a couple years later, 
they all got drunk and they were being mean to me because that's what drunks do. And I was able to call somebody in MA, my, my first MA friend, and um, for half an hour I cried hysterically on the phone and she was there. She was there. She picked up the phone and she helped me through that ugly time. No more, no more when I go on vacation do I have to wait on the seawall to see if I can find somebody who will sell me weed. I don't have to waste my day. I can go on vacation and I can just live in the moment clean. It's great. Life is great. My name is Becky and I am a marijuana addict in recovery. Thank you.